Hello, freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. Welcome to Radical Research, episode 61 on Dodime's Guard. Welcome, Hunter Ginn. Thank you for welcoming me, Jeff Wagner. Yeah, good to, good to hear you again. Yes, as for, and you. For the 61st time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let's just get right to it. This is uh, us traveling back to Norway, uh, a favorite spot. And Dodime's Guard... I don't know if they were one of the first to twist up Norwegian black metal in that weird and bizarre way that we love so much. They eventually did. As we can hear, they started fairly traditional. That's mm-hmm. uh, a song called Aslakta Gut from Kronet Telkonga. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it all terribly. Kronet Telkonga, the first album that came out in 95, translates to Crowned King. And the, uh, the song that we just heard translates to To Slaughter God. So I guess we, right out of the gate, understand how they feel about those sorts of things. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> a lot of subtlety. Yeah. Chronotil Conga, how do you feel about it? I, I think I see this one on your playlist more than it might appear on mine, although I, I do like the album. Love it. And, and in fact, love it more. It, it becomes more unique to me as the, as the years go by. Um, I got it fairly early. Um, I, w- I think I found out about Dottam's Guard in Metal Maniacs, Mark Solitroff from uh, the Rape of Angels zine had basically one, I think just one, a one-off column in Maniacs during the, uh, the Williams uh, Morgan era. And, and just basically did kind of an overview of black metal late 95. And this album was a part of that. And um, his description was seductive enough for me to pick it up. And at the time, I really liked it, but it, it sort of blended in to the rest of that that sound and that scene. 
And as the years have gone by, it, it's time has helped distinguish it. Yeah, I think so. And I think looking at it in hindsight, once we get up into the later Dadan's Guard stuff, um, you start to kind of hear it through a different lens in a way mm-hmm. um, or see it through a different lens because you know what you know now and you can start to pick out little seeds of, of that on this album. Uh, but yeah, it's still fairly traditional Norwegian black metal. I think pretty effective as well. I think there are some great vocals throughout uh, all of Dadan's Guard stuff, um, including the early days. We got to point out the lineup here because we have two principal mm. players that end up being fairly constant throughout the whole run. Well, there's one constant, and that's Vic Kotnik. We could call him the leader of DHG, I suppose. Right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Of course, more well-known from Vedwin Zende, uh, at least in our world, more well-known. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Virus, many other bands to his credit, but uh, this is one of the main ones. And then, of course, Aldron, who appears on every Dottoms Guard record except Supervillain Outcast. Mm-hmm. So he kind of sat out that one. Uh, and then, of course, we have Whom on bass. Yeah, I think we would be remiss were we not to mention that Dark Throne's Finris plays bass on this and uh, shows himself to be a pretty exceptional bass player and writer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's funny. This was about the time that he started showing up here and there. Like he, he right. came out, he came out with Valhall, that doom band. And mm-hmm. yeah, this, this boy was busy back in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to it. This is i uh, I'm going to translate it. This is black core of the midnight forest. You want to take a stab at the song title? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I think we bu- built up some, some goodwill with our Norwegian friends. I'm not going to do any damage to that. <laughs>
I think that snippet demonstrates everything exceptional about this album. You know, a, a confident, well-established sense of dynamics. To your point, great, great, desperate vocals. And music that reminds me why I fell in love with black metal to begin with, that, that dichotomy between you know, viciousness and, and, and spite and melancholy and defeat. It's actually a microcosm of all European black metal from this era, I think. Mm. Like it just, it, just, it just evokes that as much as it does Donham's Guard itself and, and right. black metal itself. I just think it's got that vibe. Like you, could, you can point to things from the Greek black metal tradition in there. Totally. Um, you know, especially that dramatic kind of theatrical part near the end there. And there's mm-hmm. a pretty um, healthy bass run, pretty active bass run by Fenris there. It's a quintessential black metal album. And, and I think they go through a lot of the, uh, I don't mean this in a negative way, but a lot of the tropes that, that we associate with the genre now. No, I think they help define those. I don't think that's negative in any way. And then I think, you know, just for the purposes of our discussion, one of the reasons we love them so much is because they didn't stick with that at all. The next <laughs> no. The thing about Dottom's Guard is that as much as they would change and, and morph and mutate, they didn't go through something the way Beyond Dawn did. They didn't escape metal at all. No, no. I mean, in fact, as we will hear later in the show when we get to their last album, uh, Umbra Omega, they really kind of double down on the metal. Yeah, and they never left it. And, and I think that that's a little bit unique in the Norwegian pantheon of, of weirdos that we love so much. Yes. Because they all, not all, most of them tend to grow out and go somewhere else, which is fantastic. We, we welcome that. Uh, but Donnemsgaard always kind of stayed true. Although, as I'm saying, they didn't stick with Cronet. They Monumental Possession, the next one, um, was its own album, and it, it kind of twisted up the formula just a little bit. So I think we should listen to two of those. A guy named Apollyon comes in to the lineup, Fenris Leaves, and Apollyon's interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it to him in a minute, but um, he played several different instruments on several different albums mm-hmm. uh, as we move along here. This is the Crystal Spectre and the Ultimate Reflection from their second album, 1996, Monumental Possession.
just heard The Crystal Spectre and The Ultimate Reflection from Dottheim's Guard's second album, Monumental Possession. A couple of things to get out of the way here. Uh, there was a, I guess what you would call a groundswell of thrash metal revivalism in the, the mid and late 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even 80s uh, revivalism. And I mean, you know, black metal, the second wave, at least in part, grew out of a desire to recapture some of that wild, primitive spirit of, of 80s metal. Um, but Yeah, Sodom, really, Possessed, yeah. Bathory, of course. Yeah, and really, really kind of took hold um, in the late 90s, um, especially, um, you know, Osmos was responsible for a lot of that. Bewitched. Um, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and uh, the other thing is that um, the end there of the ultimate reflection that it just purely textural, tortured soundscape, whatever you want to call it. It sounds like something from a surrealist movie or something. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very soundtrack. Um, but, but that will, I think that points toward uh, the weirdness that will come to define the albums that, that follow this one. Definitely, definitely. And I, I like the point you're making about, we, I guess we could call it retro thrash, that first wave of retro thrash where we had Bewitched and Inferno and a band that dips into uh, this band's family tree, Aura Noir. You know, a lot of destruction on the on this Crystal Spectre song right there. I mean, that was just pure sentence of death EP worship, right? you know, in spots. And yeah, as you say, the ultimate reflection, that especially that end part, does point the way forward a little bit. I love how Monumental Possession sounds. I think it's just a really like wild sounding album. I I think it's just bursting with energy. It doesn't have that sound that the first album did, which is more traditional, um, buzzy kind of stuff. Uh, Monumental just is a pretty blown out, energetic record. I like it for that. I like its spirit a lot. Even some of the song titles are remarkable. There's uh, oh, man, they're fantastic. Utopia Running Scarlet, great title. Bluebell Heart and Fluency. So, <laughs> Fluency? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Lost in Faces. Always was fond of that Lost one, too. Lost in Faces, right. I, I, when I first looked at that, I remember when I got this album, I was like, did they mean Lost in Feces? Like, are they trying to like... <laughs> yeah, it's a Ipatigo cover. Sure, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I suppose before we move on, we should mention that the name Dadheimsgard is a contraction of three Norwegian words that translates into something like death, home, and realm. So we're just going to say realm of death. Um, yeah. I guess that works well enough. Always imagined it to be like a barn, like yeah. in, the, in the middle of nowhere, um, where some really, really ugly things happen inside. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe maybe it's that barn that's on the cover of the first Borknagar album. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. I, I don't know. That, that well, looks like there, there might be a banquet table set up inside. Oh, okay, more past. I don't know. Yeah, a banquet yeah. table and a bong, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we move on from the great monumental possession. Uh, we could stick on this album for a while. I think we both love it equally. Fantastic piece of work. But then. And this is the EP that really got me into them. I, I was aware of them and I think I had, I know I'd had Monumental before this came out, but Satanic Art comes out a couple years later and it's an EP. It's got a song that was recorded in, uh, I think, 96 called The Paramount Empire, 
but it's access is basically two songs because there's an intro and an outro, both quite interesting, but we're going to listen to traces of reality and symptom from this EP. This is really where they start turning a corner. Wouldn't you say? I, I mean, for me, traces of reality is one of my absolute favorite dot guard songs ever. Yeah. Yeah. When um, I put, yeah. When I put this EP on and you got through the intro and then you get into traces of reality, it's uh, it's pretty stunning. And it uh, really is. And, and like you said, a Nyroscope is a very, very special intro. In an, in an era of throwaway intros, it's an intro that I would never skip. It is the perfect gateway into the madness of, of this album. Exactly. Yeah. And this EP works so well. Like I never wanted it to, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I, I have always wanted this to be a full length, but it works well. <laughs> it works well enough as an EP. Um, right. I just, I find it very, I hold it very special. I get chills just looking at the cover and you talk about strange. This cover is nuts. And, and I, and I suspect yeah. the uh, image of the woman is probably from some film from the thirties or has something. has to be. Has yeah. To be. It and looks then, almost like a devil doll kind of uh, um, an image. Absolutely. And then the dude pole vaulting is like kind of a, time-lapse sort of pole vaulting <laughs> display you're like where are we right now what is this is evil uh, evil pole vaulting yeah it's and it's great because it is it remains dark you look at this thing and it's just i, I want to get into this like what is this you know had i never known about this band i probably would have picked it up sight unseen just based this, on yes the, the title satanic art and you know the cover and the just everything this is, interesting about it this totally justifies all of our browbeating and and arguments for the necessity of of the physical product because this is a a perfect reflection of the music a, a perfect sort of narcotic before the music takes effect too i mean like you said you just want to say where are we yeah what what is this <laughs> right well we're going to check it out this is uh traces of reality Yes! 
Yeah, that's Dottom's Guard circa 1998. Satanic art. Yes. Traces of reality. That is a violin you hear in there. And yes, it yeah, it's, it's live. It's performed. It's not sampled. And, you know, it's funny because in 98, there were a ton of bands um, starting to bring in violins and flutes and lutes and mandolins and all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff. And a lot of them were really sketchy. A lot of them were really bad. Let's just say, you know, they, they were terrible. Yeah, it was I, an excuse. Yeah. I remember there being such a backlash against using sort of these outside instruments, these non-traditional instruments in metal. There was a huge wave of people that just didn't want any of that. But, you know, you, you have to point to something like Traces of Reality and go, well, look at that. Like, how, are you not creeped out by how crazy that sounds? Sure. In the context of what Dottom's Guard, the band, are doing. So, yeah, kudos to the violin there, man. Bring it a flute for all I care. That's fine with me. Maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe leave your flute at home. Um, <laughs> I, I think we should maybe mention the, uh, the lineup on this one, or at oh, least for sure. the guises of the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they, uh, they were very colorfully titled, weren't they? Yes, they were. By this time. Um, yeah, All Drawn goes on this album. Um, so I keep calling it an album. May, maybe that's... Call it an album. Freud, it's a Freudian slip because I think maybe I want a full length in this style too. But, sure. Uh, he goes by Mr. Always Safe and Sound. <laughs> um, uh, Vakotnik goes by Mr. Fantastic Deceptionist. Um, Apollyon switches over to drums. On right. This one and, play, and, it, and goes by the name Mr. Nebulous Secrets. Um, the bassist, uh, Cerberus, who really hadn't done an awful lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, he goes by Mr. Dead Meat Smelly Feet. <laughs> naturally. And, and that, well, I mean, naturally. <laughs> um, I, think, um, I think my favorite is um, Svine from, uh, from Fluidy. Yes. Uh, who plays uh, keyboards and piano. It goes by <laughs> Mr. Dingy Sweet Talker Women Stalker. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned that in the Fluidy episode we did way back when. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, I'm, and this is the thing, man. Like, look who's already coming in and out of this band. You know, we got, we have, of course, Vakotnik from Vedwin Zende leading the thing. We, we've already had Fenris come and go. Uh, now we got a guy from Fluidy coming and going. Yep. Even uh, there's additional guitars on this album yes. by Galder from Old Man's Child. So and, yeah, uh, Demu and Demu Borgir, and and he's called Mister Anti Evolution Human Deviation here. Um, so <laughs> man, yeah, these guys. I'm I'm pretty sure they were dropping some acid about this time. Right. Uh, there's no. I mean, can you? Um, I would never never recommend that anyone indulge in psychedelics and listen to this at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Officially, radical research absolves itself of any liability associated with that. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and I'm not one of these people that thinks that like weird music and crazy music has to be, you know, sort of drug induced. You know, of course not. I mean, you know, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa is one not. one fantastic example of a guy who didn't do any drugs and made some of the most fucked up music in the world. So I don't. But I'm just saying all the signifiers are there. You know, all the fun they're having with this, the imagery, the sound itself. Yeah, man. We, if, you, if you haven't guessed by now, we are extremely enthusiastic about satanic art. Let's listen to Symptom, uh, another beautiful, beautiful cut from this 1998 EP.
symptom manages to collapse all of the lunacy and ambition of traces into about two and a half minutes of <laughs> mind-bending metal. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, collapse is a great word too because it sounds like it's collapsing. It's like, it sounds like it several layers smeared together uh, of different songs. It's, I mean, it's really chaotic. And I, again, um, and, and I think I've probably voiced this opinion on, on radical research at some point, but I, I've never been a huge fan of acoustic piano against heavier music, rock, mm -hmm. you know, in, in Prague or in, in, uh, in metal. I like it. I love the instrument, but I'd sort of love it set apart. But sure. this is an example, um, or, or at least an argument that it, it can be done really, really effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that device doesn't bother me as much when set against heavier music, but I understand what you're saying. And it, that is a fantastic uh, example of where it works. Uh, I, will, yes. I, will get, I will give you that. Well, infected by Fluority, because that's, uh, that's Zvine uh, Hatlevik from Fluority, I, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, that's satanic art. That's my kind of infection. <laughs> so, you know, we, as, as we've mentioned, you know, this, um, this band is possibly among the most twisted branches of any band on the Norweird family tree because of the people that came and went uh, who are noted from many other bands. And we add to that by bringing in Carl Michael Ida from <laughs> Vedwenzende, Virus, and Aura Noir. Uh, he does drums on the next album, the third full length, uh, 666 International. Safe to say that this album not only is sort of an exemplary model of Norweird itself, but um, was also not received all that well when it came out. I think it was very confusing for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, I remember a lot of, I guess what you would call backlash against it, a, a band that managed, and I have a, I have a theory about this, in fact, uh, but a, a band that, that managed to, to twist uh, Norwegian metal so luridly um, that it, it just outright turned off some people. I, and I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a, a loose connection here because I'm, I, I didn't really think about this before I'm saying it. So just bear with me. Um, but I, I think it might be the reason that some of the other apostates, <laughs> deviants of the Norwegian metal scene were received more favorably than Donheimsgard. Same reason that maybe Cynic was received more favorably than, than Atheist. Mm. Like, Donheimsgard stayed inside of metal and didn't evolve fully out of it. Yeah. And, and Atheist kind of did the same thing. Atheist kind of stayed within metal more than Cynic, who transcended it fully. Yeah. Um, and I, I think for folks that, that were listening to it as metal, it maybe have just been a little too radical. Um, it was easier to forgive the sins of, you know, of, of, of Volver and Fluority and, and whoever else. Because they are just going out so far that it's, it's not even, uh, you know, there's, there's no pretense of them even being metal or trying to be metal anymore. Exactly. You know, and I think it's one of those albums that is looked upon a little more favorably now. I know I do, because when it came out, and I, and I will admit, I still have some problems with some of the vocals. I don't think they're great. I think they're a little annoying, a little shouty in spots there's a yeah there yeah no, no i i know what i know exactly the vocals to which you're referring to yeah um and it's just you know it's a very intentionally cold album not in the black metal way but in something else 
it definitely evokes the album cover, which we're, we're in the kind of this, like what looks like a very antiseptic slaughterhouse, except, <laughs> for, except for the blood running, you know, into the grate. Um, right. So, so it's a really kind of disturbing image and they changed their image as a band as well. Before this, they were, you know, kind of eccentric looking black metal folks. Now, I mean, <laughs> we've got, I mean, how do we describe it? Um, uh, Steve, I don't know. I don't agree with this exactly. But I, I always thought it was kind of funny, and it's not entirely inaccurate. But I think Stephen O'Malley said that they look like um, like frat boys at Mardi Gras. There is a Mardi Gras aspect, absolutely. <laughs> There's definitely like a, a an Eastern Indian uh, look to it. Um, yeah. Something something regarding Hinduism, perhaps, or or um, I, I don't know. Um, the blue face paint, the the jewelry, the <laughs> the, the. I mean, really, though, the adornment, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, even you know. Um, the first song is called Shiva interfere. Right. So yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's just, it's, yeah. A Hindi, a perver a Hindi perversion. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's perplexing. And as is the music, <laughs> I guess we'll just uh, give everyone a little sample of that. This is a tune from the album six, six, six international <laughs> called a little, a little tune, a little tune, <laughs> if you will, if you will <laughs> sit, sit back enjoy get something to drink kick back and listen to the sweet sweet soothing sounds of final conquest Okay, that's just clearly bonkers. I mean, they are really, <laughs> they've gone off the deep end and they're not trying to hide that. No. Yeah, that's just great. Uh, I love how they come out of that more sedate part, uh, still weird part, but um, yeah, when they burst out of there, that's pretty exciting.
pure madness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, this, this, the album title, uh, six, six, six international seemed a little hokey, uh, at first to me, but have you ever noticed that the, the year it came out in 1999, if you turn that upside down, <clears throat> ah. if you turn that upside down, it looks like six, 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 I, and I'm wondering, ah, yeah, man, that is, that is, look at you, Mr. Look at, look at well, the you know. big brain on Jeff, you're a smart <laughs> motherfucker, Jeff. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have much else to do in my life. I, I sit around wondering about these things. Dude, that's awesome. I never even thought about that. I, I think it's intentional. It has to be. It's too, this band knows what they're doing. And it explains the title a little more. At least it works for me. So, yeah, at least it isn't like six 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 V or well two point or Viva six six six. Yeah. Or oh, gee, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You you just gave some really shitty band um, an idea, Jeff. Oh no. <laughs> that- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of it, but be on the lookout for <laughs> Viva six six six. Poland. Poland's hate. Now, <laughs> new album, Viva Six Six Six. Anyhow, um, let's sample another one, shall we? Anything to say about completion? Um, why don't we let the? Uh, I, you know, I think I'm really kind of stretching um, the limits of my descriptive powers uh, with this <laughs> album. I, I think let's uh, let's let the music do the talking for right Fair now. Oh, <laughs> 
So if you've never heard this album and you just listened to those two snippets, you have to understand that there's just so much going on and so many corners to look around and find new things. This, this is a really compelling album. And um, I've told you before, Hunter, that I'm, I'm just amazed that it exists to this day, <laughs> to this day, I, you know, 20 years later, 20 plus years later, I'm just uh, so amazed and very happy that this, uh, this grew out of Norwegian black metal uh, and was pervaded by um, some, some true prime movers in that world, you know, uh, Vikotnik and, and, and family. So um, there you go. 666 yeah. International. I think only this group of people could have been responsible for, for this. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, th- this is some of the most uncanny metal ever made in my opinion. <laughs> yeah yeah and and as and as far out as they've they get with the next two albums i I do think this they never really quite outweirded this album because how do you yeah seriously earth and sound strives to fight against boxy ill-fitting ugly and cheaply made shirts and hoodies They are producing 100% official, high-quality, eco-friendly garments with an eye toward comfort and design. Resurrecting classic metal designs as well as producing new designs, Earth and Sound combats inflated eBay prices, bootleggers, and pricey shipping rates that come with buying shirts from Europe. They are now accepting pre-orders for shirts and hoodies from the legendary bands Confessor, Disharmonic Orchestra, Raz Getty, and Old Lady Drivers, and with more designs in the works. Check it out at earthandsound.org. We said this last time, Hunter, but they're really pushing all the right buttons for us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we've, uh, well, we've covered two of those bands. Um, yes. And I mean, I, I, I doubt there'll be a, Razel Getty episode, but there certainly could be a confessor episode. I mean, what what kind of nutcases making Raz El Getty shirts this day? And well, age? I mean, uh, uh, we found one. Yeah, our good friend Jason Walton. <laughs> yeah, who who has a a deep tie to to radical research, and um, it's a great friend of ours, and um, a amazing musician, and yeah, just all around awesome dude now he's doing more of the lord's work by printing up shirts by metal bands that jeff and i thought only we liked if i'm not mistaken i think he has i hate music podcast shirts out there too so i'm not uh you might want to check into that i need one of those no i know well order support yeah i didn't know he had them okay all right i I think he does because somebody told me that after listening to our helios creed episode that they ordered uh something from him and one of those i think was an i hate music podcast shirt so all right anyhow all right, support, supports on the way support walton jww jww jw dub come on down here hell. is there anything more do we want to say about 666 international or buy it yeah uh 666 international came out on mood fog as did satanic art and i think the next album as well um there is a reissue of 666i on peaceville it's in a super jewel case, which I never really quite understood um, the appeal of those. <laughs> I love CDs and I'm fine with jewel cases, love them. But um, the super jewel case is just more like 
look what we did to the plastic on this one. You know, like it, it, <laughs> it, it's not it's more difficult know. to open than ever before. <laughs> right. And if it breaks, you're even more fucked, you know? So, <laughs> so I don't know. I, but I say that I make fun of it, but I kind of like the super jewel case and it works for an album like this, which is very futuristic looking just different. And um, it kind of works for me. So, uh, so for what it's worth, plus, you know, the Peaceville logo. You, you slap that on anything, I'll probably be, be a little more interested yep. um, than not. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You, you made the, the world's greatest argument for the Peaceful logo. What's um, that? I, I mean, I don't know. You, you delivered some kind of soliloquy on the Peaceful logo at some point. Oh, I think we, I, we, you, you and Tom Haley and I were texting. and. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, it was I, very convincing. And you're right. I can't remember what I said about it, but I, I know that like, if I ever got a tattoo, that would be in the running for the one that I would get. Nice. Just, uh, just, I don't know, that logo evokes something. And I'm glad that somebody like Dottoms Guard lands on it. And of course, they, uh, they put out the 2015 Dottoms Guard album as well. Getting ahead of ourselves. Let's jump to the 2007 album. Now, they took a while to, to follow up 666. And when they did... And while it's weird, Supervillain Outcast is a very different album. How would you describe it in, in a nutshell? Like if, if you had to do something as nutty as give the elevator speech on Supervillain Outcast, how do you say it? Ferocious, hateful, modern, very, very polished, um, very produced, but also kind of, has a, like a bone dryness to the production as well. Yeah. It makes it really, really forceful. Yeah. And again, I think some compelling imagery. I think the album cover is really interesting. Uh, I think with the title and that, you sort of start getting into the world of, you know, maybe some darker graphic novel type stuff. That's how it reads to me. You know, you have mm. song titles like Foe by Foe and Vendetta Assassin. And, Love that you know, yeah, and these, these kind of just evoke graphic novels to me for some reason. This is the world I get put in. Even the, I mean, even the, yeah, I mean, the artwork looks yeah. like a oh, yeah. graphic novel. You know, even the, even the poster uh, of Wanted Dead on the inside and it shows mm-hmm. the members. I mean, this is, this is all from that dark Marvel world, perhaps. Anyway, it, it's, it's, all, it's all very compelling. And uh, we're going to listen to a tune called The Vile Delinquents. Over and over again, 
Oh yeah, man. That's the madness we crave, isn't it? Yes, it is, man. Yes, it is. That's why we got, we got into this dirty business to begin with. Yeah. Right. I love it, man. I love it so much. And you know, Carl Michael Ida plays drums on this album. Now I'm not yep. going to say that he's playing some of those blasts we hear at the beginning of that snippet. I feel like that's programmed. It's got to be. I don't know if it's programmed. It's certainly extremely edited um, because for one, I mean, the velocities are identical. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is metronomic. Um, it's, it's triggered. Yeah, yeah. It's triggered to fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, yeah, no, there's no like room reverb being used on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it's so funny. Cause like when Carl Michael and Vikotnik get together, great things happen. I mean, it, you yes, know. they do. I remember, I don't know if you remember, you actually played this album um, for the first time uh, for me. I remember bringing that to um, Winston you know, when you were in yeah, Winston. You right? had a, yeah, yeah, you had a promo copy. Yep, yep. And I just remember uh, like throwing it on and just having the wind knocked out of me. And, and, and two, something we might want to note is that it, they began the recording process well, well in advance of the release um that's true and that explains some of the gap yeah 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 they started recording it Uh, in fact i think they recorded almost all of the music in 2003 Mm -hmm. and then you know for i mean if you look at the lineup i mean it's pretty extensive and and we'll get it i don't want to get into all that quite yet i want to play the next song before we uh talk about some of the lineup but sure there's a lot of characters involved um yeah as per the huge (laughs) the huge yeah yeah they're um yeah, their cast just yeah continues to expand. Mm-hmm, for sure. Anyways. And um, this is a great pick by you. you I, I assigned you with all these snippets for this episode. Uh, I didn't want to hog it this time like I did with the last episode, last, uh, episode on Helios Creed. But, <laughs> and, you, and Will, I'm glad you did because you did a fabulous job. Oh, well, thank you, sir. And kudos to you on this one, um, especially this particular track we're going to play now from Supervillain. This is not exactly representative of the album. I think this one sticks out a bit. Um, oh, yeah. It's a bit of a breather. Uh, you're getting close to the end of the album, so maybe you've already died. But um, if not... <laughs> <laughs> still alive. Enjoy. Yeah, if not, this is, a, this is a tune called All Is Not Self.
Geez, another uh, dimension to DHG, which they were calling themselves by this by this time. Yes. They were kind of changed their name, I suppose, to DHG, but we, I don't know. I can't stop calling them Guard. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. And usually that indicates um, some kind of decline in quality. I'm thinking about uh, suppuration to sup. <laughs> yes, um, right. Yes, sup. Uh, there, there are others. I, I'm Sup is the most egregious one because I don't think they understood that like sup is like kind of what's up, you know, over here. And um, it yeah, just no. just doesn't work for French cosmic metal. It does um, not. Um, but I, I think now is a time where we mentioned um, one of the, uh, the, the additions to this lineup listed on the album. It's struggling with this. Gvost. It's actually uh, Matt McNerney um, from one of my absolute favorite recent bands beast milk yeah i know you love them too and um also of uh hex vessel and and uh, grave pleasures uh whose work i i couldn't um fully embrace um but he's been, uh, he's been in some cool stuff i mean he's, he's in yeah. code, code is another band that i've tried to get into and they should tick off all those boxes for people like us who love the norwegian weirdness but they're okay they don't yeah. do for me but but yeah kavost has been around matthew mcnerney Big fan of his voice. And um, I, I wanted to ask you uh, something that occurred to me when, when I was picking these snippets. I never put these two songs together, but, um, but for some reason, when I was playing through the album, trying to decide what to pick, and I chose this, another song popped into my head. Um, and I can't believe, I've been listening like, to this song for so long, but it reminds me of I Might Be Wrong off of Amnesiac. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can certainly hear that musically. Uh, just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, not the vocals so much. It's, it's glitchy, but it has a kind of momentum that, that mm-hmm. I don't want to say groove, but it, it moves. You know, It's kind of a groove, yeah. No. Yeah, it moves and it cycles, but it's, it's still got that weird glitch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear that totally, for sure. You know what's weird? I was hearing a little bit, and this might be more the vocals, but just that sort of more abstract uh, early human league or really early modern English oh, yeah, stuff, yeah, like yeah, mesh, yeah. mesh and Lace by Modern oh, English. Oh, dude, I love Mesh and Lace. Yeah, just this kind of like obscure, abstract sort of approach to, I don't want to say pop, but certainly like new wave and electronic music, early electronic music. But I know I think that yeah, I mean I think it's fair to call that especially you know Mesh and Lace a, a pop album and it just a very very um, supernatural and like you say sort of obtuse and an abstract pop album. Yeah, it just it just that stuff reminds me of what's going on on uh, yeah on great. always not self. Um, yeah, totally. yeah, fascinating album and um, I probably haven't given Supervillain Outcast a listen in many a year probably it's probably been four or five years since i've listened to that all the way through so uh i might just uh i might just be picking that one out and putting that on the shelf for for a go around for a go around it's it's yeah. it's good for a go around or two that's for sure whoop, whoop. and I'm, i've just dropped all of my god guard cds all over the place i'll be doing that now good lord well if they break i'll just buy another one and put more money in vakotnik's pocket <laughs> that, that, that guy's flush man oh man are you kidding me <laughs> making a fortune with this <laughs> speaking of which let's uh let's move on <laughs> to the to the uh smash hit uh umbra mega album uh now this thing was full of just catchy short songs oh wait a minute no, no <laughs> oh no oh no it wasn't that record <laughs> no it wasn't no this thing yeah, it they t- it took them a while to finally get Supervillain Outcast out, and then when they did, it took them another seven or eight years to get the next one out. So, 
what, what started as a very prolific band have they've stalled a little bit, but um, what they give is quite good. And uh, Umbra Omega is basically four mammoth songs. I think what, what's the average song time, like 12, 13 minutes. Yeah, I would say about 12 minutes. Crazy. And um, we love it. I don't know if you remember the first time that you, lady ears on this but we had had I a do, really I do. we had a really long day we had listened to probably a ton of music we had probably drank a bunch or something i don't know um, and we, but, we, yeah and i think the, the thing we played before this was like the cremation album yeah so we were we, we were tired and our ears were buzzed and burned out completely and um and then i played you this because i i think i was leaving the next day and i was like i gotta squeeze yeah. this. we haven't gotten to this yet i gotta squeeze this and it was the worst time for you to hear this the first time and i remember it making not much of an impression on either one of us because uh, we just you know it just was the wrong time so i apologize for that be it was way too much for me to <laughs> take at that point you love the album now oh i kind of love it to death but i mean yeah like anyone who knows this album knows that it asks quite a bit of the listener yeah um, for sure for sure let's give evidence to that with a on void This album is uniquely difficult to illustrate in this format um, because yeah. as Jeff said, the songs are so long. They have so many things happening within. I mean, they're all sort of sweet like in a way and, and, and work through so many ideas um, that it's really hard 
for us to give anyone who hasn't heard the record a, a worthy impression of it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and I applaud them for making this kind of album. It's not like the other stuff was easier listening. This is Donham's Guard. So it's, right. just, it's kind of for the uh, initiated only. But this album in particular, you know, this is not one you throw on while doing the dishes. This is not one I wouldn't, I, this is just me, but I wouldn't like listen to it in the car. It, it's just too, no. it's too demanding. It's too long form. It's too immersive. I, I like an album that demands that you sit with it and you participate in it. This is Umbra Omega. This is, uh, I think, a pretty special album. And it's 2021 now. They're due for another. I, I hope we'll get something equally awesome next time around. But who knows? They're one, they're one of those bands. They have delivered so reliably over the years that I, 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 they continue to have my, um, my confidence. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Artwork on this one. Really cool. How, how do we want to describe this? This is, I hate to use the word arty because duh, it's art, but they really, <laughs> they really but it, did. But it, yeah. They really did take their time with this one. The package is beautiful. The booklet's beautiful. The cover is simple, but evocative. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just a beautiful package. And uh, again, this band has always had their eye, not only on the music, but I think on the aesthetic, what they surround their music in. And this, this album is no exception. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's move on to Blue Moon Duel. Uh, another, um, I, I, in two, like, like you just said, they, they seem so conscious of their overall aesthetic. Um, and these song titles are just more evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's another one on this album called God Protocol Axiom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the opener, the, the short intro is The Love Divine unexpected title there mm. um, but yeah this last one is blue moon duel
again, really good choice of snippet, Hunter, because in that little little bit, uh, and as we said, these are really hard to kind of take out of context, but we're trying. But that works because you get a couple things going on there. One, the ambushes. When they attack with the metal, you know, after those two moments of relative calm, it's it's really surprising and gets the blood flowing. It's it's just it's ambush. That they just they leap right back into it. Like there's no <laughs> there's no warning and they do it so well. It's so locked tight. So I, I like that. The other thing I hear in Blue Moon Duel is um and I've thought about this when I first got the record too, is even though this is a band that hasn't ever forsaken metal or gone outside of metal or, you know, done the album or the EP where it's just no traces of metal anywhere. They start hinting that maybe they could because they seem to be laying down a couple moments of infrastructure where like, Oh, we could go this route and make a full length out of it. I I hear stuff in blue moon duel and throughout the rest of this album, really uh, that's not metal, not metallic. And were they to do so, I think they'd probably make a great album. I'm not saying I want them to do that. I, I love the ambush. I love the black metal. I love the cosmic pro- futuristic progressive metal stuff they do. Totally. Um, but I feel like by now, maybe they could. I Who knows if there's another album coming? I, I have no idea. But it should be interesting to see what they do. It's, it's, Can't wait. And and that's the thing about following these kinds of bands is like you you know you get that thing that you don't get very often anymore, which is a, a brand new shape. Mm-hmm. And you're certainly certainly not going to get that on um, most new metal bands albums. It's just it just doesn't happen. No, no, and I mean you're talking about a band that's been doing this for what twenty twenty five years now. Or oh no 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 sorry my math sucks. Um, a band that's been doing this for 27 years now. Yeah. Um, 25, if, 27. If, I'm not. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if, 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 in, if indeed they, they are still around and active, I, I, I mean, they, they are playing and writing with an ambition that outpaces just about any new young hungry band in metal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. That's DHG. That's, that's uh, all we got. Uh, I think we covered it all except the 94 demo, but um, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our, our research isn't that radical. <laughs> There's a limit to the radicalness of our research. We would like you to visit radicalresearch.org. Uh, we would like you to check us out on Facebook. We're having a lot of fun with our listeners there pretty regularly. We like to do playlists. We like to do discography rankings. And of course we post the episodes there, but do check us out um, wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully you can get radical research. If you're listening now, thank you. Next episode. Number 62 of radical research. Jeff and I will be delving into the world of reinvention, recharacterization, reimagination as we look at bands covering their inspirations and turning them into works of art all their own. Join us.